springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Every bunny loves honey glazed carrots, a great side dish for your springtime celebration, and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Wine is made in virtually every country in the world, and I'm ready to give you a tour to find the right one. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine and More. Cheers! You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castawaypodcasts. And welcome along to Fair Game. I'm Elaine Buckley. And I'm Emily Glenn. On this episode, we're continuing on the Fair Game Road to Rio, meeting the sportswomen who will be representing Ireland on the world's biggest sporting stage at the Olympic Games this August. Keep an eye on our Twitter at Fair Game Cast for updates on future athletes joining us on the show and search and subscribe to us on your podcasting app of choice to get all future episodes straight away upon release. But now, joining us here in the Fair Game studio to take the Road to Rio hot seat is a woman who has overcome potentially career-ending injury to become a national record breaker and looks set to light up the track in Brazil this August. There aren't many athletes out there who could garner the tagline of the next Sonia O'Sullivan, but this 23-year-old phys- physiotherapy student from County Down has done just that. Kira McGeehan, you're very welcome to Fair Game. Thank you very much for having me in. So Kira, to, to kick things off, introduction to yourself, tell us about your background in sport. Um, has it always been running that was the main passion or were you just one of those kids who was mucking around in the back garden with any stick or ball you could get your hands on? Um, well, running didn't really feature in my life until a bit later. Um, I grew up in Portaferry, a small town in County Down, and from the moment that I could walk, I had a hurdy stick in my hand. So um, I come from a big GAA family, so camogie has been part of my life from the very beginning. So I played camogie all the way from underage right up, and uh, that was really my first love. So I played in, in primary school, secondary school, and right up till minor, I played senior for my for my club. Um, and then sadly had to give up, like kind of drew the drew the line at Camogie um, whenever I was under 18, my last year at minor. And that was whenever I decided that, that would be the marking point and I'd just focus solely on running. But running didn't feature until until secondary school, really. Um, in primary school, I was one of those kids that just you couldn't keep still. I always <laughs> wanted to be out playing. I kind of uh, like my granny would have probably was tor- tormented between me and my cousins and my brothers and sisters. I was just always outside mucking about playing camogie, playing chases, playing football, anything that I could do. My auntie tried to teach me guitar once. That didn't go well. <laughs> it wasn't outside and I wasn't moving enough. Yeah. So what the rest of my brothers and sisters are musical and I'm not in Listen, any, you any shape you or form. You can't hit a slitter with a, with a guitar. What's, no, what's, well you can try, point? but <laughs> I probably did. But um, so it wasn't until, well, I think I ran one cross country race in primary school. The school brought us up to a, to a little cross country for primary schools in Newton Arts. And that was my first taste of like kind of running that wasn't just a school sports day. Um, and I remember in that race, I actually stopped and walked. I kind of ran around the lap and there was this, a kind of patch with trees. And I thought, oh, nobody can see me now. So uh, I took a little <laughs> walk and I came forth in that race. And I swore from that moment on that I would never walk in a race again. And I never have. So um, I kind of just kept going from there. I went to secondary school 
and that's really where it took off. My PE teacher, Miss McCambridge, must have spotted something in PE. It's probably my mad competitiveness and just my ability not to stay still. I remember being told a good few times in PE that, Kira, this is not the Olympics. Can you calm down? <laughs> Between me and my friend Nicola, we got pretty aggressive and pretty competitive in PE. Um, so it was Miss McCambridge that asked me, did I want to join cross country? And started started cross country in secondary school. I wasn't that great. I think I came like in the 30s, maybe 20s, 30s in my first district schools. But kept doing it year after year. And then one year I won the district schools, got on to the Ulsters and really kind of it all spiralled from there. The teacher asked me, did I want to do track? And once I set foot on the track, it seemed that I found my calling in life, we could say. So um, really all spiralled from there. So I'm very grateful to to my PE teacher, Miss McCambridge, for, for kind of spotting that that talent. She really helped me take off in my school assumption grammar. Um, so yeah, it all went from there you've just kind of said you know the importance of teachers and stuff and we know how important role models are to athletes especially athletes who kind of you know dream big and have that appetite um who were the ones you looked up to as a tot as a tot um I suppose like I not growing up in an athletics world my my role models weren't always athletes they kind of came on a wee bit later in life whenever I started seeing the bigger world but um Growing up, I always wanted to be like my auntie Adele. My my aunt on my mum's side, she played um, camogie for, for Down. She transferred to an Antrim club. She played for camogie then for Antrim. And um, she was actually nominated for a camogie all-star in the centenary year. And I just thought, my auntie Adele, that's what I want to be. She brought me out all summer. We used to go down and puck about in the camogie field and between me and my big sister, Myra, she, I'm pretty sure she was our both our idols growing up. Um, my daddy played hurling for for Ulster, and he was he was always there pushing us and encouraging us on. So like my my idols growing up were those family members that I really aspired to be. My dream was to to get an Ashburn medal and to win a, an All Ireland with my club at home, Portaferry. Maybe those dreams can come true some point. <laughs> I don't know. I'm maybe past them now, but um, but they were my idols. And then later on in life, as I kind of started watching athletics like you start to see athletes from home like the likes of Sonia Sullivan as somebody that I definitely draw kind of strength from now because you think big international stage like how can a wee girl from Ireland do well but it's happened before mm-hmm. and we have Northern Ireland has any gods amount of fantastic female athletes that came out of there so um, yeah all, all my big stars and my big idols from my youth were in the GAA mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of I've branched out and looked further afield but yeah, my daddy and my auntie probably were my biggest ones whenever I was a. And kind of speaking of Irish athletes on the big Irish stage, when 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 did it become something more serious for you? Like, was there a turning point or a breakthrough moment that you can kind of pinpoint where you're like, right, this is this is my thing. This is what I this is what I want to do. Um, yeah, I suppose the whole way through my secondary school career, you could say I was I was balancing everything. I was. Everybody kind of around exam times gives up their sport. Oh God, no, not for me. I uh, I was doing my, my GCSEs, my AS levels and my A levels while playing camogie for Portaferry, my school and my county, as well as running. And I find no problem with that. I loved it. So like everything balanced really well in secondary school. Um, and then I started kind of, started doing quite well in athletics and people are starting to, to take notice and I think I was making a few heads turn I won 
if I'll probably get this this stat wrong, but um, I won my first Irish senior indoor title, I think, whenever I was 15 or 16 in the 1500 metres. Now, I've read this in a newspaper and I was like, oh, reminds me of that. So I think a few people kind of took notice then. And my, my coach at the time, Eamon Christie, always always had faith that there was something special. He, he always believed in me that I was going to achieve. So I kind of like was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe there's something there. And before I left secondary school, I had a world youth silver medal, a world junior silver medal, a European Youth Olympic gold medal, a European junior silver medal, which should have been a gold, um, Commonwealth <laughs> Youth Games bronze medal. And I was a Commonwealth Games finalist. And that was all before before I even started in college. So, That's um, incredible. Yeah, so like my... My youth seemed like holding a, a hell of a lot of prestige there, and I think, like, I was like, God, there's, there's so like I, I, I have some talent. Like, I knew myself, and I was like, I have to take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So then, like as I mentioned before, I kind of reached minor, the market, the cutoff at leaving minor Kamogi, and I had had a bit of pressure from external people, kind of being like, maybe you should hit Kamogi in the head. Now you know, it's I was, I was going to compete in world world finals in athletics and I was competing in in club championship finals the week before and people are like you've been training all year for this world final and I was like yeah but it's club championship final (laughs) so um I kind of had to weigh up the pros and the cons so I think to be honest for me that their point where I kind of was like right I have to put Kamogi to bed and hang up my boots and Mm -hmm. keep hold of the spikes was probably a turning point for me Mm -hmm. and I was like right this is really serious because love Kamogi so much so that was a big deal um, it's interesting yeah. the way you say like club championship it's 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 almost something that people who don't play Gaelic games don't understand it's just like ev- champo is everything champo 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 <laughs> yeah. it's funny you make reference to that yeah well definitely like, I, I obviously come from a sport now that athletics people kind of like to go on that the GAA has a hell of a hold in, in sport in, in Ireland and I believe it does like it with such all of our grassroots tends to be in GAA and it's it's the largest body in our country, but um, some people like to compare our sports and like say that kind of kind of look at them as competition with with our own sport. Whereas I kind of like to look at at the GAA as it should be a, a background for all sport. It's most most like local towns in Ireland don't have an athletics club. They don't have a badminton club. They don't have tennis. They don't have rowing. God, I could name any number of Olympic sports just alone that aren't in place in most most clubs in Ireland. But every town in Ireland has a GAA pitch. And it is our grassroots. And I think it's something that, that other sports need to recognise as well as, as the GAA. This is it's a huge baseline and we need to not be greedy with our youth and need to identify the talent and if a child has a talent to be a fantastic hurler fantastic camogie player fantastic Gaelic footballer if you think they can achieve in other things I think you have to be honest with them as well and say look there's you could try this if you wanted to because I I got a hell of a lot of support from from Portaferry and I'm very grateful for that they they didn't begrudge me whenever I said I had to give up camogie and they're really my hometown has been so supportive in a town that's really engrossed in the GAA it's fantastic that they've been behind me and don't get me wrong I get the odd oh jeez would you come back and you know <laughs> oh, you'd be fantastic in midfield you could be running for for, for days and uh, I would love to but um, 
I think like it's it's something that's so special for me. Championship was was the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. I still have those dreams of of going and winning a championship for my club with my my two sisters by my side, oh, wow. and I would love to do that now. I hope my sisters can hold off until I come back to Camogie maybe. <laughs> maybe my big sister Myra wouldn't be too pleased because she might be playing well into her 30s then. But um, like this is it's something that's it, it's deep in me and I kind of gathered my strength from the GAA and brought it forward into athletics. I think it's something that is a possibility for a lot of sports there. And it doesn't take from, from the GAA. You've I think had, it gives to it. Sorry, you've had yeah. a, a huge amount of underage success with athletics um, but unfortunately it brought a little bit of I- injury um, issues that, that at one stage probably could have ended your athletics career so can you maybe talk us through what happened and how you came out of it so much stronger yeah sadly uh, I had such a such a high as a junior um, and then it did all come crashing down so I suppose I could you could pinpoint it um, I kind of got a bit of a niggly injury and a lot of runners and maybe a lot of sports people will identify this that you kind of get something you think oh it's a bit sore you keep going you address it a little but it doesn't quite go away and you just keep going and you kind of get a little bit blindsided by the next championship and the next race and you just keep going from step to step so I picked up a, an injury and I just didn't I didn't give it the credit that it should have been given myself and I kept pushing through and I could probably say the year leading up to 2012 Olympics, I was pushing really hard to try to get my Olympic standard. And I wanted that more than anything to make the, the London Olympics. And I achieved the B standard, but that wasn't enough. So I was chasing that A standard like mad. And I think somewhere within all that and in the lead up, like my injury just got a wee bit, a wee bit too much. So not getting selected to, to London off the B standard kind of was a bit crushing for me. And I'm sure it was for a lot of young athletes who didn't get selected at the time. I kind of felt a wee bit bitter. I was like, we're the, we're the youth coming through. And lo and behold, we're now Ireland's hopes and dreams for, for mm-hmm. Rio in athletics. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt that it would have been good forward thinking to send us to London. It's only a jolt across the water anyway. But um, but yeah, I I had to take a bit of time off running and it turned into more time than I had hoped I had a calcaneal spur in my ankle. So for in layman's terms, I had a, a, a bone spur and it was just rubbing into into my Achilles and into my bursa and, and things in that area, which explained to me why nothing settled down with all the rehab I was doing. Um, so I ended up having to get surgery, which I hoped to get back from quickly, but it took about a year to get back from my surgery and get back running. So those, um, those were a, a few tough tough years to be honest because Mm -hmm. I was out of competitive running for two going on three years Mm -hmm. I didn't get to race so for a runner who who running was nearly everything and it's quite it's quite difficult you become engrossed in your sport and it was challenging for me not just physically but mentally as well I kind of had to question like what am I without running Mm -hmm. I get introduced at home as oh this is the runner yeah so people don't know my first name they know me as the runner it's a huge factor like because a serious injury that takes such a physical toll but it's the emotional toll and and the mental toll as well like how how did you stay focused during that time were you you still involved in running or in in running club or anything like that did you stay in with the sport or did you just have to switch off completely and just get focused on getting better um i think 
luckily for me I have I have a fantastic base around so um I had continuous input from my physio so I was getting physio from physios up in Jordanstown in the Sports Institute of Northern Ireland and I had whenever I came to college transferred to a physio in the Institute of Sport and she's the Athletics Ireland physio Emma Galvin who's been my physio now for five six years it's a very long time um so I had that constant input so I was getting physio once and twice a week which is it, it makes you still feel involved and Athletics Ireland were still supporting me which I'm very grateful for um but it for me the most of the support came from my friends and family around me I had a fantastic base there like my mummy and daddy would check in with me just making sure I'm okay oh. because I was in college at the time well I'd come down to college and um it was it was very tough um, I have fantastic friends. Most of my friends are, are running related in some way by my friends at Port, in Portaferry because nobody is kind of like in my friend group runs back there. Um, and like close friends at the time and things like that. And I had recently just transferred, changed coach to, to Jerry Kiernan. And I could laugh like um, having came down to Dublin and getting through a few injuries like Jerry kind of kept me on the straight and narrow. So he did, he would call, call in. I used to come up to... Uh, up to training and just stand and watch so I, I stayed involved I was flat out in the gym I can't really switch off so I was flat out in the gym I stayed lean and fit just through sheer determination but it wasn't it wasn't to stay fit I kind of could have had that downtime it was just for my head yeah. being in the gym the meant that I was the schedule and all that yeah. kind of stuff it meant I was still involved and mm-hmm. it meant I was still an athlete in my head mm-hmm. even though for a lot of people I thought they thought I was gone and out um, so it's it's fantastic the support that you have around you and I think people don't see that they see they see the good days they don't see the bad days where I had a good few years out of sport I went to a few races and I had uh, have friends and in, in races that I would always go and watch but um, I remember walking in some races and people commenting like oh she used to be a good runner didn't she so as you as you're walking past people and like this is my sport and you hear that like it's very crushing for a young girl who's who's battling her way through injury and I appreciate how how difficult all those times are for for people so whenever I see somebody who's injured mm-hmm. I think it's important for for people who are in a coaching aspect or friends or anybody who's there to support an athlete you can't underestimate that mental that mental barrier that you have to overcome and how do you keep yourself injury free now like recovery must be hugely important yeah that there's the battle with me so um <laughs> I seem to like I'll get myself fit and I'll go really well and an injury will crop up so I had a few a few years there of bad luck of niggles and injuries and bits ticking by and I'm like oh when can I get a free run of just training because I often think like I don't need any spectacular training if I just got a good base I could have a fantastic summer um so I've I've incorporated a few things into my into my lifestyle which if I can offer any advice for people who can maybe take on a few themselves like I get regular physio constant input through my from my physio to be honest for the past few years I've had physio once a week and if it isn't once a week sometimes it's twice if I'm at home my physio checks in with me Emma, Emma is meticulous I, I got in trouble one Christmas because I didn't co- contact her for a few days and I was like <laughs> god Emma I thought you were going to have some downtime she is on the ball um, I have strength and conditioning input to try to identify any weakness so I'm out with Martina McCarthy in the Institute of Sport and I was working with George Petrak- Petrakos in, up in UCD through Ad Astra and 
with Martina now and she um she's fantastic at identifying any little weakness there that it's it's amazing whenever I come into the gym and she's like something slightly off I wish I had her eye I'm I'm going to my time with Martina I'm going to try to make the most of it as a physio student she has a fantastic eye for movement um so that aspect dealing with the physical aspect and my movement patterns but as well like my coach is very very good Jerry Jerry can tell whenever I'm tired even from talking to me on the phone he'll phone me tonight and he'll be like you sound better tonight so um if I'm training a lot of people will probably be baffled by this but whenever I'm training Jerry doesn't tell me how many reps I'm doing so say I hit the track and I'm doing 400s I don't know how many 400s I'm going to do Jerry just judges off me so if I go through in eight and he thinks I look tired it'll be eight that day okay he may have wanted me to do 15 but no he he identifies that so that's nice and then I've incorporated napping which I think is fantastic as of January I started napping and um to be honest it's you see a huge difference in your performance whenever you've rested well so things like rest diet and listening to your body because we can all ignore that so um god i could go on about injuries for days and mm-hmm. on about what you should do but for me it's been it's been important physio strength and conditioning rest and having a coach that's able to see whenever you need a wee bit of a break and tell, tell us a bit more about your your coach jerry kieran it sounds like you have a great dynamic working together um how, how long have you been working with him now about a few years i was only saying to jerry um I, I, my first coach was a, was a, a man called Eamon Christie up in Belfast and Eamon, Eamon nurtured me through my whole underage career and had those dazzling performances and then um, Eamon, Eamon couldn't coach me any longer and he approached me and um, helped me find a new coach so I approached Jerry and asked Jerry would he, would he coach me and Jerry's words were I will offer you some guidance so I was like he's taking me <laughs> under his wing I think um, and I was only up at the Rohini road race there um, earlier on this month and I, was, I realised that this is where it was at this race a few years previous that I asked Jerry would he be my coach I think Jerry I've been under Jerry's guidance now for maybe three years I, I could be proved wrong I'm terrible with my dates and my times time's flying away um, but Jerry's been fantastic like it's uh, a lot of people would know Jerry from, from watching RTE he tends to always be the one that they'll give a controversial question to and he'll rattle a birdcage and it'll be... He's, he's one of the main athletics analysts on, yeah, on RT Sports. Yeah. On RT Sports. So Jerry's always up there and they'll maybe call him if there's something. I think a lot of the GA people don't like my coach and I find it hilarious <laughs> because uh, he gives his opinion. If somebody asks for it, he'll give it. But um, Jerry's been not only a fantastic coach and mentor but a fantastic friend. So he has. I don't think many people could say that about a coach but... Like on Sunday, I sent Jerry a message just saying, are you going to be in the in the cafe? He has his, his spot down in Ranla, Erbicado. I was like, you're going to be down there today? So I just popped down to have a cup of coffee with him and a chat. And not about anything athletics related. I just enjoy his company. So um, no, Jerry's been fantastic. I've been through so many ups and downs with him as my coach. I can remember sitting up in, in Roebuck in UCD feeling pretty down and out about just different things in life and Jerry ringing me and asking how I, how I was that day and I was like run went well and he just said no how are you mm-hmm. so he wanted to, it's nice he didn't care if the run was good bad and different that day he just wanted to know that I was okay so I think that's something special I definitely am feeling I'm very lucky to have a coach like Jerry he sounds like an absolute gem 
Um, <laughs> and you have certainly racked up some some incredible achievements in the last couple of years, most recently breaking the Irish indoor 1500 metre record. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, and you did all of this while completing your final year of physio uh, in UCD. Like that training schedule, especially in an Olympic year, like boggles my mind. So tell us a little bit more about that. About my 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 training schedule. So um, I did my whole my whole first semester. This is my final year, and I've stretched my college degree out a little. Um, I had to actually split a year because I was hobbling around on crutches and couldn't couldn't fulfil placement blocks because surprisingly not nobody would insure you as a physio student in a hospital if you're on crutches yourself <laughs> which is you know I chanced it and I asked could they do it no I can't I can't guide patients while on crutches myself um so I've split split my years over and I have to say UCD physiotherapy department have been a godsend um they're fantastic they work so fantastically well with all their students and it's probably a credit they have so many Olympians going through their, their hands, even this year alone, three Olympians that I know of in, in my physio degree. Um, so, uh, but for me, my schedule, like the whole first semester, I did my full college college semester and it was manageable. I was getting my base work in and it's tough enough like to, to balance your, your day in college and then come out and fit in your morning run, your AM, AM run, your PM run trying to rest and trying to eat right so it can get a bit tiring this this semester so from January on um, I was meant to be in the hospitals on placement for three months so I decided to take those three months out and just focused on training so whenever I got to have my indoor season uninterrupted that was that was very nice so I got a good training block in January and then February was really a racing a racing month so whenever I was I was competing in the indoors I was responsibility free it was all just running <laughs> thankfully um but now i'm back in college and it's normal nine to five of college um i just handed in my dissertation there last week thankfully it's a, a weight off my shoulders and i've got two exams and a, an assignment to hand in this week so it's pretty busy and it's can be tough enough to balance it but as i said i have a fantastic coach who today he he rang me and he was like, "Okay, do do one run instead of two because he knows I'm I'm probably a bit stressed with college." So he can he identifies if there's if there's something that's maybe a little bit of a weakness. But to be honest, I'm my time management has to be to a T. So I make sure I try to get an early night up for my morning run, go to college, have some food, try to sneak back to my room for a nap <laughs> in my lunch break, and then um, back to college and then PM run. So. I think if you're determined, you can make things work. So I'm looking forward to the end of this week, though, because that's me free and I get to focus on running once again, just solely running. Good stuff. Get back into just the, the day-to-day training yeah. plan. And um, sponsorship is, is something that can kind of contribute usually to, to day-to-day training as well. Um, kind of, You're an, a New Balance athlete. What positive impact has the support from such, such a big name backing had on, on your training? Um, it's been fantastic. I I signed with New Balance as, as a youngster. It's probably it's quite a prestigious signing. Like for me, I to to be given a contract and a, a shoe contract from a big name brand was unbelievable. Especially whenever you're only young and you're like, "Jeepers, what what does this mean?" Um, it's been great because it's it's meant there's an awful lot of weight off my shoulders. I it's helped me get through college, so I didn't have to get a student loan and. Um, thankfully New Balance have, have continued like even throughout my injury New Balance continue to support me 
I signed a four-year contract with them and about two years of that I was injured New Balance didn't mind I I emailed them apologizing and they were like you didn't ask to be injured and having having a shoe company like that I think is um is something special New Balance certainly don't just approach their athletes as a number which I kind of get the impression I can't speak for other brands but I think their athletes are kind of just just athletes to them whereas New Balance kind of look at you as an individual and um, they're a fantastic company they bring us over we get to meet everybody who we're working with it's not very many companies that you like eat directly email like somebody who's quite high up just for for a chat or just to ask for advice um, I get to go over to, to Boston quite regularly and we race over there for the indoor season and like I'm sharing room with like the likes of Brenda Martinez and chatting away with Jenny Simpson and like these are these are the top class athletes in the world and to be able to rub shoulders with them but the likes of uh of the support that New Balance provide is just I I couldn't be doing what I'm doing right now without it um I had to get a part-time job over the summer once because there was a gap between my contract and that's that's not ideal New Balance signed me back up and um to have that support just takes the pressure off I can I can focus on training I can go away on training camps I don't have to worry about if I go into the shop how much is my shopping going to cost because healthy food is quite expensive <laughs> sometimes those those pizzas frozen pizzas are a hell of a lot cheaper than than going and buying all of the different ingredients for me to make my own healthy pizza um, but it's been fantastic like New Balance have been such great support and then Sports Council have, have been there for me as well now your Sports Council grant depends on your performance from the previous year so for me that can mean that there's no support going into a certain year like last year my my performance was based on the previous year in which I wasn't racing an awful lot due to injury and um, so last year I got 500 euro which being a student in Dublin doesn't last very long barely covered 10 vegetarian pizzas yeah barely barely covered my rent this year thankfully I'm, I'm on a on a better grant so there's a wee bit more pressure off going into Olympic year um, but yeah like the support from New Balance has been on Paramount so it is. they're certainly giving you some gorgeous kiss <laughs> um, we've been fangirling it now for a little while um, yeah. so like runners can be pretty superstitious right um, and like tell us about your pre-race rituals my pre-race rituals I was only down at um down at a chat in a local uh, local athletics club Denor Harriers and I got asked this do you have any previous rituals and I brought them through my whole week of, of uh, <laughs> I was like let's start a week before I won't put you through that but because um, I think the girls are interested in what Trina and I do in the lead up but uh, so my previous rituals I, I don't know if I'm normal or not normal in, in the sense like race day I'm so nervous no matter what race it is doesn't matter if it's a if it's graded in in Dublin or if it's a world championship I get so nervous so I can't really eat the morning of so um I'll the night before I'll have tried to eat eat as much food as I can and then that morning I'm like nibbling trying to get something in um and then Leading up to the race, well, before before the the race, maybe the night before the the morning off, I'll have everything packed. So the race gear will be out, pins because you can never have enough pins as an athlete to pin your numbers on. I'll have make sure my numbers there if I've been given it. Spikes, count the spikes, tighten the spikes, make sure the spikes are sharp and that they're not the wrong size. Um, have everything sitting out so that as soon as as soon as my alarm clock goes off, I'm ready to go. 
and then whenever I get to the track I like to be early because there's no need to be rushing on race day so I usually find a quiet spot and just sit down and I'm very quiet before a race so I always worry that people think I'm awful ignorant because I don't go and talk <laughs> I've my parents have come down to watch me at races and I've walked straight past them really the only person I talk to before a race is my coach and then I find a quiet spot and sit and then an hour before I'll do a warm-up um come back in and maybe something that's strange about me I don't like I don't like warming up in my race gear so I'll come in from my warm-up and have to go to a bathroom to get changed because I like a whole new fresh race kit on me so race kit goes on goes on and then I know I'm ready for business so that's usually I don't think I have anything too superstitious unless there's something that I do without knowing do you do do you do the big headphone thing do you is there any kind of tunes you use to get pumped up that's a question I love asking athletes because yeah. it's like what can I add to my own gym playlist it obviously works for them um I'm not like I'm not a huge like music person I enjoy listening to music but if you ask me who my favorite musician is I could like hum a song if it comes on I'm like I love this song but I don't even know who the band is or or what the song's called and even this year New Balance gave us a really lovely present of a set of Beats headphones very nice so yeah New Balance are extremely generous um, so we got a lovely set of headphones but like my brothers and my friends have been using it more than me because I <laughs> tend to I tend to like just I just like quietness now whenever you go to a race sometimes sticking the headphones on just stops people from wanting to come over and talk because I'm so nervous I don't want to talk but I don't have any specific specific pre-race signs although I ran a new Irish mile record in New York and previous to that race I was belting out Irish music so I think that made me feel a bit reared up and ready to go and I was like I'm going to do this for everybody at home so maybe I'm going to keep that ritual up and we've they're quite, how do you feel about the obviously especially heading in an Olympic year the unavoidable comparisons to Sonia O'Sullivan that have kind of they've kind of become synonymous with the mere mention of of your name since since underage level how do you how do you feel about that um, I've actually been asked this from from quite young, like people comparing me to Sonia and how do I feel? I feel very privileged to be compared to such an athlete. Like Sonia's a such a an Irish icon and a legend and like she, her performances on the athletic stage are are just fantastic. And let's be honest, Sonia probably would have achieved even more. It's coming to light now in recent recent kind of times with drugs cheats and especially in her time the amount of cheats that are kind of coming to light now um, I believe that Sonia had medals robbed from her um, so for me being compared to somebody as, as talented and who performed as well as that I'm just I'm just happy and I hope that I can live up to those expectations and maybe even more so um, I, I kind of take strength from it I don't look at it as pressure if if people want to compare you they want to compare you but I'm going to go out and do my best and and having having a comparison like that can't do you any any harm. You've just mentioned the kind of the the impact that drugs cheats had on Sonny's career, and then a couple of episodes ago we were speaking to Olive Lochnan, who was um, yeah. recently awarded a retroactive medal, retroactively awarded a medal. Anyway, <laughs> it is, and you're going into an Olympics that is kind of undoubtedly under the shadow of successive doping scandals so how do you kind of zone out all of that chatter and just focus on your goals yeah I think like the whole the whole doping scandal at, at the minute is um it's kind of bringing not only athletics but other sports into 
and to kind of distribute and it's really it, it made me it made me sad to think that it was dragging my sport through the dirt and people it makes people question like every athlete now whenever cheats come out you'd be surprised in the athletics world we we kind of aren't surprised <laughs> because you you look at some performances and you think hmm just something isn't right and as an athlete you see people's performances throughout the season and sudden spikes can be normal if somebody just hasn't been performing or if if they've been unwell but whenever things happen suspiciously it's it's hard as an athlete you do think okay there's just something not right there but I tried to in my own athletics career just not let it affect me because I know whenever I step on the line that I'm 100% clean that I've done everything in my power to train as hard as I could and to be on that line as ready as I could as a completely clean athlete and that's all I can do I think in life all you can do is your best so I can't control the girls to the right and the left of me on that line but I can control me so I can't worry about them I just think I'll go out and I'll I'll do my damnedest to to be ready and to be set and do my best to represent my country obviously I'd love if if all sport was clean as would every sports person and sadly it's not the case but um I know that I'm going to try my best as a clean athlete and you've said there um Kira, that you can't control the the woman on the left or, or right of you on the track but is there you're going to be facing some stiff competition in Rio is there anyone that you've kind of earmarked as as kind of keeping your eye on as the main competition um well the women's 1500 is red hot at the minute so it is um there's athletes all over now Debaba has said she's going to rerun in the 5k I don't know if people know athletics names but um she set a new 1500 meter world record uh, a fantastic Ethiopian athlete so she said set to run the 5k and hope she stays to her word <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like fantastic off you go to the 5k um, but there's there's other top class athletes in the 15 like another New Balance athlete Jenny Simpson is um, ha- has a previous world world medalist um, the likes of, of her are going to be stiff competition and you have the likes of Hassan um only talking about drugs and an athlete called Aragawi had tested positive so it's it's um to be honest going into these Olympic Games where a lot of athletes are unsure about who we're going to be stepping against the line again stepping up to the line against like our what's going to happen with Russia and their hold open scandal they have a lot of good runners and they've always had a very strong middle distance contingent um it's quite surprising they've they feature on on many medal ta- tables as a, as a one of those top countries and maybe they'll slide down the medal tables now but um, to be honest like I don't going through my usual day to day I don't dwell too much on the other athletes um, whenever I get to the Olympics it's just going to be get through that first round get into the semi-final get through that semi-final and once you're in the final then it's it's anybody's game like London was a, was one in 409 and people who don't know 1500 times that's not spectacular at all um, girls are running low fours and even faster so um, once you're there it's you never know what way it's going to pan out with championship racing so um, I'm just going to focus on me and stay injury free and get as strong as I can and do my best out there That's a pretty good approach it's a pretty good attitude to have going into uh, going into Rio um, So finally outside of your own events which Team Ireland athletes are you most looking forward to cheering on in Rio? Oh this is nice um, to be honest after uh having been working out in the Institute of Sport a lot more now I'm getting to meet other other sports which is really nice obviously I'll be cheering on all of our all of our athletes and athletics we have like 
such a such a good team there. Hopefully we can get the numbers even built up even more. So I'll be cheering all of those all of our track athletes and our field athletes on throughout the whole games. But looking looking further afield into other sports, obviously uh being from Northern Ireland, we have a lot of boxers. And um having been at Commonwealth Games with, with the lads, um I'll be I'll be watching keenly on the likes of Paddy Barnes and Michael Collin Conlon, like they're they're fantastic characters having met them out of Commonwealth and Commonwealth Youth Games and they're um, we'll be cheering those boys on and then tr- I train out at the Institute with um, our modern pentathletes quite a lot so like the likes of Natalia and, and those lads hopefully they'll make their qualification um, I'll be keenly watching them because once you once you kind of make that connection with another athlete you're like okay this is fantastic hopefully we'll make even more friends whenever we're out there and we're in the team village and we'll get to support each other but it's good to it's good to watch watch all the other athletes there's another athlete in my class in physio uh paul o'donovan him and his brother are rowan so uh it's all these it's it's kind of amazing your your world really expands whenever you kind of meet all these other sports stars and uh i'll be watching all of them i probably i'm, pro- I'm gonna leave here and think of like so many more names that i'm actually <laughs> got i'm really keen to watch and to cheer on but um I actually feel quite privileged to have got to meet so many other sports stars. Mm. And it's amazing because like every week there's there's new names being at, being coming into the mix with quali- yeah. qualification times hit or qualifications secured. So it's going to be a really exciting summer ahead. And Kira, we are going to be backing you every step of the way and the very best of luck with everything. Thank you very much and thanks for having me in today. Big thanks to Kira McGeehan for taking time out from her road to Rio to fill us in on how her preparations are progressing. You can keep up with her on Twitter at Kira McGeehan. If you want to see Kira in action before the Olympic Games, you can catch her on home soil at the Glow Health National Championships in Santry, County Dublin in June. And make sure to keep an eye out for her at the European Athletic Championships in Amsterdam in July too, which will be a major warm-up for Rio. If you've missed any episodes of the podcast, head along to our website, castaway.media forward slash fair game. The full archive is there. You can also subscribe to Fair Game on whatever podcasting app you use to get new episodes direct to your device. Our Twitter account is kept very up to date with all things going on in the world of women in sport, both at home and abroad. Find us at Fair Game Cast. Hit follow and please say hello and give us some feedback too, because we like that. That's it for this episode of Fair Game. We'll talk to you again in two weeks time. This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease.